so we're good to go. <laughs> well, plus you just woke the fuck up, yeah. and like you're on vacation. That's right, I am. Oh, thank God, it's been so long since I've had a proper break. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the Lunar New Year at, in Korea, so we're it's one of the big holidays, so... Just and it's the end of the school year, so I've been just hibernating in my room, and it's so good. It's just so good. No children. I don't have to talk to children. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I that sounds amazing. I had a staycation. It was the best. Mm-hmm. They are the, like staycations are where it's at, and it's part of my geek of the week for this week mm-hmm. that I just have unlimited freedom to go wherever the hell I please. It's so nice. <laughs> That's rad. Yeah. Well, I guess then uh, we should we should just like jump into this thing cuz that was as good of a segue as we're probably going to get. Hi everybody. Welcome. Hello. It is the 783rd. It's not 70 anymore. <laughs> it's the 83rd episode of Dance Robot Dance everybody. Welcome. We're almost 100 years old. Isn't that crazy? Y- years? Did you have like a moment? Did you have a moment there where you forgot that numbers <laughs> increase sequentially? She's just yeah. been gone a couple of weeks, and now she just totally forgot where we were, like how to do a podcast and like all yeah. the other stuff. Oh that... no! Oh no! <laughs> if this is any indicator of how tonight's gonna go, you're welcome, audience. <laughs> it's gonna be good. So glad I'm only tertiarily. <laughs> oh, don't worry, everybody. Episode, We're still gonna have a good time. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a good, good time. Be um, a lot of singers. Super, super good time. <laughs> so, anyway, we are here with our regular crew. Sorry, I was away last week. Plus, Paul. I'm so excited. Paul's here for this episode. Oh my god, I'm so pumped. But yeah, so I was. I'm sorry, I was away last week. I'm sorry, I haven't listened to the episode yet. I actually meant to, and then I realized that my audiobook expires in like three days. So I have to like. I've got like. 25 hours of listening to these <laughs> in my audiobook. I downloaded... Uh, Why don't you just buy them? I have it. I have it. But I've been on the wait list for the audiobook for the the Rogues Anthology by George R. R. Martin and all those mm. like authors like Neil Gaiman and Pat Rothfuss and like, you know, Gillian Flynn and all my faves. So I was like, oh, great. Okay. And then I kind of forgot I had it. And then I was like, oh, I gotta listen to Dance Robot Dance. And then I went to go log in and I was like, didn't I get a notification about a book? And I clicked and it was Rogues. And I was like, shit! God damn it! Like, ah! So um, I didn't get a chance. This is at the library. So are you? You still go to the library? No, but I have the library on my phone. Okay. Why don't you just get an Audible account? Doesn't that all that stuff on Audible? I already pay for Spotify. I'm not shelling out an extra fifteen bucks a month for when I can just wait a little bit and get an audiobook for free from the library. I don't understand why audiobooks need to be checked out. Because they only have so many copies, so that they can remain free. Like digital copies? Yeah, it's on my phone. Oh, like Okay. I just haven't I just haven't used a library in a long time, so I am very out of touch with how libraries work with digital content, I guess. Likewise. Well, I'll give you I'll give you a quick little tutorial. What they do is they um have select numbers of electronic copies that they own um and can license yeah. out, but that's why there's wait lists because then that way they can control and you don't actually it it has temporary download files to your to your device Mm -hmm. and those files get immediately wiped there's like a code within the actual title that they lend you that is only temporary download even if it's like 
download it's it to your phone. DRM. You're only allowed to use specific app. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Christy, who are you talking to? What are you talking about? Who, who else is here? I said Ann Paul. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> Paul yeah, you said Paul, but you did not. You ignored the fact that Tim and I are here. Which is... <laughs> I'm not as excited. <laughs> um, no, we've also got Mark. Actually, wait. Hello, I think I can, I can actually kick Christy, I think, if I really want to. No. Okay. <laughs> hey, Christy, how's it going? What do you mean kick me? From, from like like out physically? Out of the, out of the podcast. Oh, it's like, are you here? <laughs> no. It's just real confused no um, but i am in league with the underwear fairy who is behind you right now so <laughs> there is a, a dark patch right over christy's shoulder and a door there is actually it's pretty funny yeah yeah i'm expecting like a face to slowly emerge from the back like, like fucking babadook or something so well, there is a space i didn't really like babadook I, I mean i saw it well after all the hype and everything and it just did not live up to the amount of hype there was for it for me anyway the creature design was yeah. so bad, I couldn't take it seriously. So I was like, yeah, I'm out. Oh, I'm out. And I usually love indie horror. It's just... Yeah. It's not bad. I liked it. It just tried to be too smart. Yeah. But the Babadook has become a accidental queer yeah. icon. The Babadook <laughs> is Babashook. Yeah, I thought I that was like that. goddamn yeah. hilarious. Anyways. But, yeah. That's so funny. I love it when... like It's like how um the uh, frog... Hey, that creepo... Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Yeah, Pepe the Frog became. No, that's a not the Hello, my honey. Queen. Hello, my baby. Like one. Pepe, Pepe is uh, no, like, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a it's originally thing. like a Latin American thing. Yeah, it starts uh, like an actual an actual comic, right. and then it got co opted oh, by Four Chan, and then it got co opted by the alt right white white supremacists. Yeah, Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. It's, that's Michigan J Frog from yeah. Michigan J Frog, thank you. I thought it was actually a caricature of him. Shows how much I know. You clearly, you need to spend more time on the seedy parts of the internet, like Mark and I do. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm a, like I've been redditing for actually. Paul's as big a redditor as I am, so we both we all spend yep. a lot of time on the uh, on the <laughs> shittier corners of the internet, as it were. Yep. So. Yeah, but my my redditing includes three things: politics, Pokemon, and RuPaul's Drag Race. So mine's, that's pretty much mine's mine's, mine's like politics, Star Trek, and drums. I guess probably, but so. and kids and kids falling down. Oh yes, the kids falling down is the, <laughs> the greatest subreddit of all time. <laughs> I have not seen that. I don't know it's how I feel about it's it. Literally, just r slash uh, children falling or something that like that, and it's just little like oh, no. videos that people have taken of their like fathers <laughs> just like toppling over and stuff. It's fucking hysterical. <laughs> there is actually another one now. It's called Dad Reflexes, where kids are about to get smoked and dad's and the dad reaches in, yeah. stuff, and like scoop the kid out and stuff like that. At the oh, last I've second. seen that one. So yeah, funny. I've seen that one. So funny. Yeah, there's an awesome one where like there's a uh, a kid's going down on a sled. And he's just aimed directly at this. Uh, must be one of the parents' toddlers. Dad like runs down the hill past the sled <laughs> and like scoops the kid out of the way at the like, last second. It's like the best gift. Ever, so, <laughs> but then he wipes out. I, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I think there's I think there's some phrasing there with uh, kid going down on a sled. Well, he goes <laughs> down. I don't know. You just say he went down on whatever. <laughs> Oh. Boy saver, boys. Boy saver. Boy saver. <laughs> Do it for love, not for money. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, we're going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we also have Tim. <laughs> Say hi, Tim. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say no, I mean, it's been eleven seconds in. Yeah, That's awesome. Exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it in the style of our episode. I'm gonna go. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We slept all night slept through. Good morning. Good morning to you. The noise you hear in the background is me loading and cocking a clock <laughs> uh, and getting ready to put it in my mouth. A what? A Gun. clock. It's a pistol. It's a I handgun. thought you said a cock. That too. Oh. No, I'm <laughs> crazy. <laughs> To be fair, Tim is on the line, so I could end up with that in my mouth tonight. He's not yeah, there. When, when Mark goes quiet I... later in the episode, now you'll know exactly why. <laughs> That's so... <laughs> All three inches of Tim in my mouth. <laughs> I, I hate it. I hate it all. <laughs> Terrible. Chris, Christy, you, you gotta rein this shit in here. <laughs> yeah, you're the yeah. host. Come on. <laughs> now, nah, let's go. All right. Gives me more time to look up news. <laughs> <laughs> Christy's organized this week. No, That's no awesome. I was organized, but then my computer shut down. And I lost there wasn't my a links. huge amount this week. Actually, we got it all fucking last week. No. Yeah, last week was fucking nuts. Okay, there's some like weird enough. So then, let me just like really, bit. let me just like breeze through um, and tell me if you've done it. Okay, yes. let's just do this real fast. You've already talked about Black Panther. Yeah, and we will be more. I'm sure. But yeah, okay, so we'll talk about Black Panther next week. Here's some video game news. Um, There's more Horizon Zero Dawn DLC coming to uh, us next week. And it's called Monster Hunter, and it's all about dinosaurs. When she finds, like, new age dinosaurs. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm, like, halfway through that game right now. I'm fucking excited. That sounds awesome. More DLC. pretty great, eh? Yeah, it's fucking amazing. That's I Like, if if it hadn't been for Zelda, it would have been Game of the Year last year. Easy. It was so Yeah. So I'm I really enjoyed it, but there were moments when I did too many side quests and went away from the story, so I didn't enjoy it as much because you kind of get lost. Yeah, but um, the story portion's really good. Uh, I'm excited for the DLC, but apparently the um, excuse me, um, the DLC is a mash between the game Mon- Monster Hunter World, I guess. Yeah. So which is like crazy hot right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I need to see that what this game is all about. Well, it's online, so I'm not super into it, but like a lot of people are talking about it. And like the player base has been pretty high so far, I guess. Like, I guess the concurrent players has been like astronomically high. So it's been mm-hmm. pretty popular the last, well, however long it's been out. It's been out for a couple of weeks now. So, yeah. I'm pretty much pumped for uh, anything that is um, dinosaur related. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Sign me up. Yeah, I was even I'm tempted with Monster Hunter. I mean, like, I don't overly is care that, for the franchise. Is that because like you're now fun, Gert so. Christy? You've now fully assumed your Gert persona with your purple about? hair and your and your new glasses. Yeah, your new so glasses. Now, now you're just obsessed with dinosaurs. Yeah. No, you're gonna have an old lace puppet on the podcast next week. Uh, I, <laughs> Thank I would you totally to them for making the puppet. joke that I failed to make. <laughs> the glasses were just circumstance. I got them before my. I ordered them before my hair was purple. Now it's like all together. It is very Gert esque. So, well, I had an awkward moment. It was very sweet. The other day, I was getting um, coffee on my way to work at a drive-through, and this boy kept looking at me and like he had this huge grin on his face. He could have been older than like seventeen. He just kept smiling at me, and I was wearing my glasses and a shirt with bicycle or a dress with bicycles on it. And he just like looks at me and goes, "Uh, you're uh, you're you're really pretty." <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> I just closed his door, and I think he. I think he was um, he was obviously a nerd, so I think he thought I looked like Gert from Runaways. Aww. It was very cute. 
It was very, very cute. You're breaking hearts. I was like, oh, honey. Damn straight. Damn straight. Anyway, uh, let's keep going with nudes. News, Chris is breaking hearts. No. Um, <laughs> Say so- nudes? That's <laughs> what I heard you. Chris, Chris, you breaking hearts with nudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't think I've ever... The most nude I've ever sent anyone was Mark, and I sent him from, like... Uh, you can't see right now. Like, the top of, like, where you, my cleavage would start on a modest shirt <laughs> and up. I was in the bathtub and my face was just like muppeting. I was like, is this what you want? <laughs> well, it's yeah. not how you get it's really not how you're supposed to do that. I, I thought that was no. how you did nudes. <laughs> really, really uncomfortable. You wonder why you're not getting a proposal? Ooh. <laughs> oh. Speaking of not getting stuff, kids are fighting nanobots are the future, guys. Did you guys know this? Probably not. So scientists have apparently developed a new weapon in the war against cancer. And um, someone, a group of people at Arizona State University uh, successfully programmed nanorobots to shrink tumors by cutting off their blood supply. Oh, that's really cool. So, yeah, they put these tiny, tiny robots into your bloodstream. And effectively, what they do is it's a very precise DNA robotic system, and they find the tumor, and in order to kill it, deprive it of any blood or oxygen. So pretty much it's like they just like form barriers around it, and the tumor dies because there's nothing to feed on. Literally the future. Isn't that cool? Literally the future. That's really, really amazing. That's full on like... Mm -hmm. Cyborg Gattaca shit right there. I love well, that. The, I and know. the cool thing about that is like cancer is so difficult to treat because there are so many different types of cancer. But if you can fight it mechanically like that, rather than fighting like the individual like strain uh that's of you know of cells or or whatever like gene or whatever has gone wrong, it's you know, you have to basically develop a different therapy for every type of cancer whereas this that would potentially have sort of universal cancer applications yeah yeah exactly and what's really cool about it too is the fact that like um i mean it's only been tried on rats so far but i love that that it pretty much isolates the feeding capacity of a tumor because there's i mean one it doesn't cause damage if you can like just isolate and it doesn't affect the rest of your body. It, it's not like chemotherapy where you're in there for hours and you're getting like toxins pumped into you. It's literally just, uh, you know, they function, only take up as much room as they as they have to around the tumor and then um, starve it hmm. out. Like, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. No, like no invasive surgeries no vomiting every morning like i mean it's still obviously brand new technology but can you imagine like and that they're would made be of amazing. dna which is neat too it's dna origami which is a really cool mm-hmm. technology where you can sort of program how dna folds to make all sorts of really cool structures yeah that's neat arizona state university has a lot of really cool shit that goes on there yeah and that's the whole thing. Like, it'd be great if, you know, you could just remove someone's blood and give them all new blood and that would take out all the cancer. But this is pretty, this is, this is a much better step. Was surprised that you knew this for a second, Tim. And then I thought, of course, Tim knows this. Oh, I just looked it up. but Tim knows this. Uh, and was looking over it. And I actually, like, recognized some of the names involved because I did nucleic acids research for, like, six years. So mm. I've read a lot of literature in that area. That's really cool. 
Okay, so a couple other gaming things, just on a different bit of a topic. Um, it looks like Spyro might be getting a PS4 remaster this year. That's actually confirmed. Has it been confirmed? Yeah, there was a confirmation that went out yesterday. It was on Reddit, and I heard it on Kind of Funny Games Daily. So yeah, it's that that's definitely happening, and it's actually apparently going to be happening in the first half of the year. So ah. yeah, you should be getting it anytime. That's awesome. Looks like Crash Bandicoot is might be coming to the Switch. Yep. Uh, they're actually even talking about doing like a whole new Crash Bandicoot game because of how well that remaster trilogy did. So I watched like eight game lists about how it was um, like the top 10 games of 2017 and Crash Bandicoot made like five of them, which I found really surprising. People were going crazy for it at one point. Like, well, it's really it's really fun games. I never cared. Fun I never really games. cared for it. Garbage That's version fun. of like Donkey Kong Country. Oh, it's, yeah, it's something <laughs> like that. How dare you? Have- I think that we got the the PS One a lot later uh, than a lot of other people did, so we never really jumped on the Crash Bandicoot franchise. Mark and I. So like, I was kind of over the whole like platformer, like like cartoony platformer things when they weren't Mario by yeah. that point too. Like the the original, the, the PlayStation One was very much like the transitional period between like cartoony yeah. stuff. And then like, that was the system where metal gear solid came out. So I think when I, when I finally bought that PlayStation, I think it was with metal gear and Castlevania. Yeah. So. And I got final fantasy. Yeah. So it was all big, serious yes. games. So crash bandicoot yeah. with Nintendo had banjo kazooie. So we, I remember both of us playing that a lot. Yeah. We played that. Yeah. And we played Mario yeah. obviously. So. so crash bandicoot. I'm, pretty indifferent to the franchise but if people like it enjoy i bought the trilogy and like fiddled with it it just still it didn't do anything for me. it never did anything for me back then and it didn't they didn't change enough to make mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. worthwhile now so whatever they got my money though so <laughs> whatever well, <laughs> i'm part of the problem is you know what i love those kinds of like goofy animated games so i'll never stop loving them i go back and play them all the time well, I'm like that with like with like Mario, right? Like Mario or Sonic from like when I was a kid. So like I'll go back and play those all the time. But like the ones for PlayStation, the PlayStation era, I was like, I kind of aged out of it at that point. So nice. Well, <laughs> nice ish, not nice. Back to take that back. <laughs> Horrible. So here we go. Let's keep. Sorry, just um, I got a pop up notification today. I was joking around with my friend that her boyfriend was going to propose to her because they went to Disney World and on Valentine's Day they had um a dinner at uh the magic kingdom lo and behold just on facebook she announced they got engaged yesterday and i'm like bitch i called it nice. so my sister got engaged too uh what way to steal thunder tim that was like years ago <laughs> that's great <laughs> i'm actually impressed you didn't get engaged at disney world you nerd yeah yeah would have been a been suitable but just didn't work out suitable that's how I want my engagement <laughs> suitable. described that's a suitable occasion. <laughs> As Tim said, it was perfectly oh, added. It doesn't sound like you're getting one, so. <laughs> Just rip on Christy Day. What's going on? Well, you, we, miss, we missed you last week, so. <laughs> this isn't how you show someone you miss them. <laughs> this is how I show somebody I miss them. <laughs> Terrible. I know. Anyway, BioWare has confirmed that they are coming up with a new Dragon Age. Yeah, you're the only one who's excited about that in this podcast. I've never played any Dragon Age. Oh, there's so well the one I played is real good. You've only played the one, right? You've only played Inquisition. Yeah, and it was great. Okay. That's fine. I'm gonna play number two. I heard to skip number one. Okay. Skip it. 
Skip it real good. Um, but anyway, so there was that. Apparently, there's a really cool fan-made prologue of the first Witcher game, so I really want to check that out. I'm not sure if you guys would be interested because none of you have played it. <laughs> I'm but- still waiting. I'm still waiting on a PlayStation sale, so I have my little notification set up. As soon as it goes on sale, I will pick it up. You can get notifications. Yeah. For yeah, sales. That's how they get your money. Jesus Christ! I will, I'll send you the link after I the get podcast, Steam okay? sale notifications all the fucking time. But yeah, no, but the, for specific things. But no, there's a yeah, there's a there's a website yeah. that I use that tracks the PlayStation Store and the Xbox Store and like all the online retailers and tells you when a game you're looking at goes on sale. Oh, or please s- send that to oh, me. Uh, sure. Steam, Steam, Steam. Steam. If you make a wish list, it will tell you when a game yeah. on, games on your wish list go on sale. Yeah, but that's PC gaming. We're talking about yeah. console stuff. Right. We're con- we're console plebs over here, not Master Race, <laughs> not PC Master Race. <laughs> Did you guys know, this is the story, um, it was released a couple hours ago, probably you've already heard about it though. Did you know that the Marvel movies, like Sony Pictures was offered to buy all of the Marvel franchise? I did see that, yeah, a, while, a long yeah. time ago and they passed on it. Um, so, uh, the story is that in 98, a young Sony Pictures executive named Yar Landau was... <laughs> that's a, that name that's sounds funny. made up. That name sounds made up. <laughs> it sounds like something from Star Wars. I agree. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. the same thing. So, he was securing... He was tasked with securing the theatrical rights for Spider-Man. They had the DVD rights already to the Web Slinger, but needed the rest in order to make a movie. So Marvel, um, then only known in the comic book world, had just begun to try and make the films. They just started trying to sell off the um, the, the storylines, yeah. and they just come out of bankruptcy. And they had their uh, their new chief um, Ike Perlmutter. Yeah. yeah, and he offered Sony, "Listen, we'll give you." The movie rights to almost every Marvel character, Iron Man, Thor, Ant Man, Black Panther, for $25 million. And Sony was like, nah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's a hindsight is twenty twenty kind of situation, yeah, right? Because, you know, who knows if they had gone in and they had, had gotten those rights and they hadn't done them right, then... Like, you know, if they did them like they did Spider-Man 3, for instance. Or neither of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Like, yeah. I liked the first Amazing Spider-Man, but it, it was um, okay. But it, it was it was weaker than the first Toby one. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I mean, yes, if they'd done it right, then they could have made billions and billions and billions of dollars on it. But who knows yeah. if they actually would? But still, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> what suckers? Did you guys realize that they're making a? Of course you did. A Kung Fury remake. I I totally or missed Kung Fury sequel. Of yeah, I don't. I I knew I knew it was I happening because I knew like. The, the news went nuts about Fassbender being in it. And I was like, well, he's already been an X-Men. So I don't know why you guys are going nuts about him being in a nerd movie. But this is a little bit goofier than playing Magneto, I guess. But And and uh, the Alien movies. That's right. True. He was in the Alien movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, Michael Fassbender and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, I, I know virtually nothing. On. I've somehow managed to be, like remain completely ignorant about Kung Fury. Yeah, I have no idea. It's just kind of... I watched it and it's basically just like a meme generator yeah. movie, you know, like it's just like, I, I can see why people enjoy it, but it's pretty fucking <laughs> stupid. It's not like a, it's not a, it's not a great film by any stretch of the imagination, but it's definitely one of those things where you'd like kind of chuckle at yeah. it for a bit. Does not mm. need to be a 
goddamn franchise. <laughs> everything you know? everything is a franchise, franchise these days. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Hollywood. That's Hollywood. Tentpoles. Yeah, exactly. That's Hollywood's entire fucking business model right now is franchises of shit that doesn't need to be made into franchises. Yeah. It's like they look at Marvel and be like, we could do that with something. It's like, well, actually, no, because Marvel has existed in that form for like 50 plus years as a shared universe. So like you can't just make a shared universe like they already had one and are moving it to the movies now. It's not just like we're just going to make it up with a bunch of random shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the Universal Monsters attempt at a franchise. Christ. The dark universe. No. Yeah. That's it. That was a bad idea to begin with but i think the kung fury thing like i don't know let them eat cake i guess (laughs) (laughs) if they want if they want but like michael i think michael fassbender could probably lend himself to better films than something like this but he i guess he does kind of have a pretty good sense of humor about himself and yeah i mean he does like really serious roles but he obviously still is okay with doing more popcorny roles too Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, should I keep going? Mm-hmm. All right. Did you guys hear about this new show that's coming out called The Innocence? No. 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 So it's a new British supernatural series with Guy Pierce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's um, apparently it's upcoming British teen supernatural drama. But the, I looked at the trailer and it actually looks pretty cool. I'll have to send it to you. It's. Uh, apparently a teenage love story but with supernatural twists and i don't know if that's something that we'd all be into considering that we do watch like a lot of kind of like was runaways teeny uh yeah and the gifted was right it was kind of yeah so it actually looks darker than i was expecting something with that kind of description there's a lot of like broken glass and making out and people screaming in slow motion so like you know Really selling it here. Yeah, it might be something interesting to look at. Mm. Speaking of something interesting to look at, uh, did you guys watch Taika Watiti's Scarlet Witch rom-com pitch? No. no. What the fuck? That sounds amazing, yeah. though. <laughs> I'm, yeah, he's- Especially, like, given her history in the comics as, like, well, first with her brother and then with, like, an android. She doesn't, she has a really weird romantic past, so I can only imagine what, like, Watiti would do with that kind of history well here i will i need to see this movie like it needs to happen now that i've thought about (laughs) it so let me i will i will send it to you all right it's pretty phenomenal but we can't watch it right now unless you really want to pause and watch it no that's fine well i'll watch it later i'll watch it while you guys are talking about the topic of the show so true okay But anyway, um, so there's that, which I think will... I love anything he does, and he's hilarious, and one of my favorite directors, so tra-la-la-la. And uh, I guess really the last thing I was going to bring up was, did you hear about Jeffrey Tambor? Yeah, he got bounced from Transparent. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because he got he got handsy, and there are sexual harassments against him from two of the transgender actresses Crazy. on set. Well, that's, yeah, that's been kind of a slow burn one because that's, that happened, like, I first heard about that a few, like, maybe a month ago or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember hearing something about it, like, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, but I don't, I hadn't heard anything else about it. I just assumed it would be, like, kind of added to the pile and not really talked about, but if it's going to hit hard, then good, like, 
Although, unfortunately, that kind of sounds like it'll kill the Arrested Development mm-hmm. season happening. I mean, yeah, so. on a show like that, especially where representation is so important and like treatment of those sorts of issues yeah. are really important. I mean, that they especially more than, you know, say, maybe Arrested Development or something like that would really want to, you know, make a make a point of of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's the fact that he did this to two of like the two trans actresses yeah. on set. It's like you are who do you who do you think you are like look at the message you're trying to like state with this show like you're trying to be progressive and open and like just to do that it's yeah but trans people are still one of the most vulnerable uh, demographics so like it's it's always this really gross crime of opportunity situation and it like but you're absolutely right that it's like the the message that the show is trying to send is that like hey these they're it's trying to inject humanity and you know show people that these are real yeah. people with real issues and then it's like the the white guy playing the trans person is a- assaulting transgender actresses is just like jesus christ yeah it, it's a, it's a, it, it, this it sounds like horror more than it it's just bad it's just horrible well it's just it sucks now that that a show that has been so good at forwarding those issues now has to suffer because of one horny old white man's problems mm-hmm. horrible no like so gross and i think that's just what pisses me off is like of course it was a horny old white man. Well, it's it's usually old white men. They're not always horny. I know, but it, <laughs> I was kind of hoping that he would be the advocate, you know, again, going back to the fact that he's, you know, playing this very sensitive character and this very sensitive topic that needed to be yeah. handled with respect and care. Like, did you just not respect what you were doing enough to just not like well i don't know made me angry yeah but anyway (laughs) (sighs) anyway that's uh that's my news for the week unless you guys have stuff and usually tim has stuff chris do you miss the one that i think you'd probably be most excited about which is that george r R. martin announced a new song of ice and fire book coming this year that is not (laughs) winds of winter i don't care (laughs) that's how i feel about it i don't care did you read about it no I refused. I was like, Meh. no, winds of winter. I don't care. Well, I don't actually read the books. I tried and it was like grueling. Mm. Well, there's a lot of people that do read the books and that have been waiting forever yeah. for winds of winter and are apparently going to have to wait longer for it because apparently uh, George R. R. Martin revealed on his live journal. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he still has that. That's so funny. That the next book Phenomenal. in the A Song of Ice and Fire franchise will be the first half of Fire and Blood. Uh, which is a compilation of his fake histories of the Targaryen kings. Mm. So it's going to cover the history of Westeros from Aegon's conquest all the way through Aegon the Third. I mean, it's going to be cool to have, but I have, I've been one of those people who's been waiting for the winds of winter for so fucking <laughs> years long. And, years and it's just, yeah. it's, I I I know I'm not going to get this book. Like I know this that this franchise is not going to finish, but I'm still every time he announces something new, a new project, I'm just like fuck fucking yeah. Just you're, fucking right into you're, winter. You're five books into a seven book fucking franchise that people adore, just write the damn book. 
thing is, I feel you because I have the same problem with Pat Rothfuss, <laughs> but at the same time, it's so hard to remind yourself that you don't own the author. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you don't own their creative process and you don't own how their creative process works, in which case, like, we can't really be furious that it is taking someone this long to make something that we love because they are obviously handling it with tenderness and care and it's theirs more than ours. Mm hmm. But it's just like, motherfucker, get your shit together. Right. You're going to die I can't, soon. I can't envision George R. R. Martin handling anything with care and sensitivity. It's, Except <laughs> like, death. Yeah, just, he just seems to fucking brutalize everything he gets his hands on in his writing. Yeah. Except for food and death. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he loves ri- loves writing about food. but um, Boobs. Yeah. <laughs> As an empathetic person uh, who understands that writing, getting started on writing can be really difficult. Finishing projects is hard. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, five of them are already finished. So it's just like, I'm, and I'm glad for the stuff that we have, but really just want him to uh, give me my, give me my next book. <laughs> yeah. So besides that, the only other couple things I had was Chris Columbus, who's, you know, put his stamp on a lot of iconic stuff like Harry Potter and Gremlins and the Goonies is apparently going to be directing a Five Nights at Freddy movie, uh, Freddy's movie. Yeah. <laughs> that being like, it seems right up his fucking alley, though, right? Like, it's basically like Gremlins with creepy robots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it totally does. So. And it definitely I has I mean, it that works. sort of like. Uh, campy 80s creepy kind of feel to it so I think it, that kind of works I think like Chris Columbus is a very like boring director overall like he's not he doesn't do anything really super interesting yeah and he is so he does serviceable jobs at various stuff so yeah. like I, I, I eh you I know. mean, these days he produces more <laughs> than he directs. So, I, I mean, on this, it sounds like he's like writing it, producing it, and directing it. And a lot of the movies that he's done, like that he's best known for, he uh, wrote. Like he wrote Gremlins, he wrote uh, Goonies. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I haven't played Good uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, but it is one of the few games I've actually watched like some let's plays of because it kind of went really viral and i was like this looks fucking creepy as hell i'm gonna check it out and it was fucking creepy as hell (laughs) like just the suspense right like (laughs) yeah i i just remember seeing a lot of reaction videos popping up of uh youtubers forcing themselves (laughs) to scream at the jump scares and it's just like yeah whatever (laughs) yeah uh and then the other weird sort of announcement of a movie that probably doesn't need to ever get made is that apparently we're getting another version of willy wonka by the uh, guy that directed the Paddington movies, uh, David Heyman, who was also producer of some of the Harry Potter movies. This seems like another too soon remake after Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the Johnny Depp debacle. 13 years ago at this point. Really? Christ. 2005. Still seems too soon. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I just don't think there's a movie that needs to get remade. Like, I don't think anybody's ever going to play Willy Wonka the way Gene Wilder did or mm. or better than Gene Wilder did. Agreed. Not a lot of people can take on a Gene Wilder role and improve yeah. on that, though. You know <laughs> what I mean? So he is he fucking Wilder for a reason. So yeah. I just I ugh, yeah, why? Completely. Unnecessary. <laughs> Stop making these unnecessary remakes. 
<laughs> they're just bad. Like it's the same thing. Like why would they remake Heather's into that shitty teen comedy flip? Yeah. yeah. Just don't. Just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Just stop doing it. Those are the only items yeah, that I have I, that we have. I have two pieces of news that I... No, uh, Paul, you're not allowed. I'm, but I'm going to anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think no, no, you tell are? Us, tell us. Okay. I'm excited. What do you have? So the first one is that the full trailer for Incredibles 2 has dropped. Oh, I meant to bring that up. It's so oh, good. Yeah. It's so good. So uh, no spoilers, but it reveals kind of the basis of the plot for the film. And it looks amazing. I am so excited okay. for this movie just incredibly oh, excited the the premise that they have going makes me like really excited in general so i'm just yes incredibles 2 it's gonna be fantastic i know i i can't believe i forgot to mention that i was so pumped i was like yeah yes like oh that's so good mm-hmm. and the other piece of news that i have is that brian michael bendis will reportedly be writing the kitty <laughs> pride movie and from what I I, I've gathered, it's going to be based on uh, Kitty's first solo adventure where she's uh, being stalked by the Nagare demon in the X-Mansion when she's there by herself. So it's going to be like Kitty Pride meets Alien, which is pretty cool. Oh, right. That's the Brood like, story, isn't yeah. it? Like the first Brood story? Okay, yeah. That would, actually, I mean... I don't know why they're still producing fucking movies at Fox at this point. Cause at this point I'd just be like, just wait till Feige takes over. But I mean, if you're going to plan yeah. getting Bendis on board to write a decent X-Men movie probably wouldn't suck. And if it is in the MCU, I'm all for like Kitty pride, Peter Parker hooking up <laughs> ultimate style. So it also sounds like a pretty different movie in tone than like the MCU movies as well. Right. Like it sounds like sort of a, mm-hmm. a suspense horror kind of thing, which, uh, and, and maybe something that could be done with a little bit more, indie style than like your big budget like uh you know crazy effects and i think that bendis does do better in like solo character like focusing on a single character than have a supporting cast around it like with uh jessica jones and alias and things like that or ultimate spider-man so hopefully this uh will that will be the style that he takes on and i'm really excited for this because i do love me some kitty pride so now, yeah. Kitty Pride is the X Men that go through walls, yes. right? Sorry. Yes, the one that uh, was played by Alan yeah, yeah, yeah. Page. Alan Page, yeah, in the uh, yeah in the original X Men trilogy. Actually, right up to and including uh, Days of Future's Past, Past, she was yeah. in that one too. Um, I'm surprised Bendis is still attached to a Marvel property at all, given that he signed an exclusive. I mean, it was, it was only movie, for comics. So it's a little different. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's, that, that's, what, that's what struck me at first when I saw that announcement, too. I was like, that's weird. And then I saw it was a movie, and I was like, okay, I guess it must have just been for you know written material, not necessarily uh, movie or TV kind of stuff. Unless it was like a deal that was signed with the studio before that the deal with DC yeah. happened, and it became part of the contract that he was still going to be allowed to do that one thing. But yeah. who knows? I guess if it gets folded into like the Disney stuff, though, DC might not be super happy about that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. That's all I have for news. There's those two pieces. Well, that's very cool. Um, thank you for bringing up the uh, Incredibles. I would have uh, totally <laughs> forgotten about that. Yeah, I can't believe you of all people forgot about the Incredibles, Chris. I know. <laughs> Craziness. Okay, so let's do Greek of the Week. You ready for this? Um, okay, here we go. We're gonna do a sting. Paul, you want to get in on this? Oh, you know, yeah, I do. All right, here we go. Geek of the Week! Geek of the Week! 
We should do something like Coralie. Like Yeah, we'll try and <laughs> try and harmonize. That sounds like a terrible idea. Horrible idea. <laughs> Especially getting Paul to try and like harmonize is that hit a note at all? Yeah. yeah. Period, yeah. That's right. I'm an enthusiastic singer, yes. but I'm not a proficient one. Yes. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Paul will dominate rock band for like hours on the microphone, and it's just like Paul, can you please stop singing? Because and I refuse. We're failing at every it's song. Not, it's not so much that; it's just that like the the dogs in the neighborhood are also howling along with them. Shit, so it's <laughs> why you got to go there, Mark? Why you well, got to go I'm there? Just, I'm just spitting truth right now. You know what I mean? So mm, it's the tea spilling the tea. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ah, geez. But yeah, let's do Geek of the Week. So why don't we start with our um, resident curmudgeon, Mark? I like how she starts with me when I would usually start with Paul because he's the guest, but that's okay. Paul's not a guest anymore. He's just here. <laughs> I know. He's practically like part of the podcast now. I know. Geek of the Week this week. I haven't been a super geeky week because I've been working a lot, but I have taken some time to like get into the Metroid remake for... I bought myself a 2DS a couple weeks ago, and I think we talked about it on last week's podcast. So I've been playing Metroid and quite enjoying it. It's really, really good. Like, I really like that that game. So if you have a a DS family of systems and you're a Metroid fan, go fucking pick it up. It's well worth it. Like, I'm a diehard fucking Metroid fan, as Paul can attest to. Like, we've been playing those games since, like, the NES days, and I'm really happy (laughs) with this remake and all that other stuff. So it's pretty good. Pretty good. I should be done this weekend and then i'll move on to uh link between worlds so i will report in as i continue to explore the ds library or 3ds library i should say so cool yeah fun times all right well if that's the geeky thing you did this week let's move to tim Mine is also video game related but uh and also mobile gaming related i did a little bit more uh, i got I haven't been playing much Pokemon Go lately, but uh, there were some like legendaries that were due to go away. And so I got out and did a little bit of raiding this weekend. So I uh, found some groups that were doing some raids and went out and I haven't been able to catch a Kyogre yet, which sucks because it's the one that's leaving and I think is actually gone now. Uh, but I did catch a couple of Rayquaza. 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 Yeah. Rayquaza, yeah. Rayquaza, I think, is, is a is a black holiday, I believe. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny because its That's colors funny. kind of match anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was pretty fucking nerdy and just something that I hadn't done in a while. So uh, it's it's always fun. Just I mean, and it's just because like I've been pretty busy and and it you know takes some time to actually coordinate and like keep an eye on the chats where people are saying like, hey, there's one here, but it's only you know here for another half hour or something like that and you just have to sort of drop whatever you're doing and run out with your phone and go do it or whatever and yeah pretty fucking nerdy still good though still good the fact that you're still playing pokemon go is pretty impressive considering i think you're the only one left (laughs) there's not many people still playing and uh and even i've dropped off on it because mainly because as i've talked on the podcast a lot of times before i usually only do it when i'm running and because the weather's been you know it's winter it's kind of shit i mean it's still georgia but we've been getting a lot of rain and some cold weather and stuff like that so i've been getting most of my exercise at home while like on an elliptical in front of the tv watching black mirror instead of out chasing pokemon running and chasing pokemon yeah yeah well yeah i stopped playing it a very long time ago i just i got really frustrated with it 
Yeah, it's not like a priority for me anymore. Like I said, it's just something that I do like if I'm if I'm bored and have time kind of thing and not at home. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, then let's uh, let's go to Paul. Paul, what was your geekiest thing you did this week? So currently on holiday here in Korea for the Lunar New Year. Uh, so I had yesterday off and today off, thank God. Um, so uh, yesterday I was I went across town to renew my passport at the Canadian Embassy, and I real I w- got there right when it opened. So it was eight thirty in the morning, and I'm like oh, I've got a lot of spare time. So I did some touristy stuff around there. There, like in that area, there's a lot of like the Korean palaces are there, took some photos, good times. And then I realized, man, I'm going to be passing by an IMAX theater. And maybe I I could, if I, my timing is right, I could catch Black Panther in IMAX. And lo and behold, as soon as I arrived, uh, there was a, there was a Black Panther showing starting right then when I was arriving at the theater in IMAX 3D, and I was like, yep, this is what I'm doing for the next two hours. I'm kicking Paul from the podcast now, I think. I don't want to hear about Black Panther anymore. I'm not going to... I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I just want to say that as soon as I sat down in the in the chair, all I got to see before, because Korea doesn't do previews the same way that uh, American theaters do. They mix them in with the advertisements and they're not like, there's not like a set trailer time before the mm. the movies. It's like, you might see one, you might not, but I got to see the full Pacific Rim 2 trailer and then it's Black Panther pretty much started right after that. So I was like, this is the best day off I've had in the longest time. It was so good. And yeah, Black Panther is incredible and go see it because it's, yeah, I bought my tickets for tomorrow afternoon, so I'm going. Uh, I'm ducking out of work early and going right to the theater. So, yeah, yeah I'm going on Saturday afternoon. But yeah, I'm I'm seeing uh, a lot of good reviews from like I have a couple friends yeah. that have seen like screens and stuff, and uh, it's been nothing but good. I have one friend who's uh, who's African American, and she's seen it like three times already. Holy shit! Really. Well, I think they're they're giving out a lot of tickets to like young professionals groups and stuff like that yeah. that she like that she's related to and specifically like African American ones yeah. because they want to build up the hype like in that community they want to try and get people out that wouldn't normally go see a comic book movie and uh, I think it's working but she's just been su- super fucking pumped for it and and said it was really good too. I'm I'm yeah. super curious to see how this thing does at the box office. I think it's going to fucking crush this weekend. So yeah. They- the projections have been really good, I think. Well, we were talking about it last yeah. week, right? Like they were initially the advanced, the advanced like, sales are outstanding. Yeah, yeah. I, I was seeing like well above a hundred million, but then they reevaluated it to being like one hundred fifty plus million. Like nobody really, nobody wants to put like a solid top end on it because they're like, we have no idea, and it's just selling like hotcakes all over the place. Yeah. Even my little theater here, and we're like, and as we've talked about on the podcast before, like I'm in the GTA, so it's a very theater dense area, and mm-hmm. I. The theater I was going to at a four o'clock show on a Friday afternoon is already like almost sold out. So I'm I'm assuming it's gonna gonna be busy this weekend to get in yeah. there and see it. So yeah. I'm going to like a one p.m. show on Saturday, um, mm-hmm. and I got my tickets about a week ago, and the theater was already more than probably like sixty seventy percent full, like sold yeah. out. You may also have a higher uh, percentage, like per capita, of like a bigger oh, yeah. black population around you than absolutely, and I might so. 
yeah. but to put it in perspective, I was at a 10:30 a.m. showing of Black Panther in IMAX in Korea, in Korea and yeah. and it was almost completely sold out. That's and wow. and even even though it was the holiday, like this is this holiday is very much like a family we're traveling going to grandma's house kind of holiday. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it was so busy was actually pretty shocking to me. But like everyone in the theater seemed to really like it. I've been speaking to my Korean friends who are also uh, geek enthusiast types, and they were they've all, all already seen it. Like it's like the hype is real. So and that's like it came out like last week there, right? So no, that's it came out like, yesterday here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I was thinking it came out like last, they, like Thursday or Friday. Usually because, usually because Paul's telling us that he's seen it like a week, <laughs> a week ahead of yeah. us normally for these Marvel movies. So mm-hmm. that's craziness. Yeah. My geek of the week. I should have been thinking about this. Come on. You got those glasses. How could that not be? <laughs> <laughs> got your girt. You completed your girt. Yeah, like total girt glasses. Yeah. I didn't get these with the intention they looked like girt glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but not with the hair. It's too like it's too much. Like it's way too like right on the nose now, Christy. I'm sorry. I don't understand. What do you mean? I'm gonna get you. Well, just because you have the glasses and the purple hair, it's like right on the nose with her. You may as well just like go out for Halloween as Gert. This this whatever. I told you we talked about this already. You need to get Mark one of those Tyrannosaur fucking <laughs> costumes, and you can go out as Gert for Halloween, and he can be. Oh your my old god, lace. that'd be such a funny cosplay. But we're already going as Bob and Linda Belcher. Oh, yeah, nice. it's like. Nice. It, Actually, maybe that's our geek, my geek of the week. Mark and I have been watching just a ton of Bob's Burgers. I freaking love it so much. It's so funny. And last night, both of us were like, we joke around, but he looks at me at one point and just starts like cry laughing. And I was like, what's wrong? And he's like, it's like we're looking at a freaking cartoon mirror of ourselves in the next 10 years. (laughs) I was like, 10 years? Wait, so you guys are going to open a shitty restaurant? And like, Well, look at it this way. At least you'll be married. Ooh. That's three now, Can you tell what finger that is? <laughs> no, we can't. Because you're actually not pointing on the camera. I know, that was the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he like, it's just, it was Visual this moment bags. of like awkward realization. Because like. <laughs> the other day, I was just humming to myself in the kitchen, like her song. Have you guys seen much of Bob's Burgers? Yeah, I've, the only thing I've seen of it is the uh, the Archer oh, okay. crossover. It's so good. So. I've seen none. I of was it. about to ask. <laughs> I want to ask though, because I want to ask on a scale of one to Archer or South Park, how vile is this? Oh, it's not. Show? Oh, okay. Oh, then it's I'm really but it's really good. good. Yeah, I I would. I highly recommend Bob's Burgers to you, Mark, because I think it's like off. It's just off kilter enough that you'll be like, oh, this is actually really fucking funny. Agreed. Is it on on Netflix or? Yeah. Okay, I'll watch it. I'll watch an episode this weekend. Cranberry sauce, have mashed potatoes. (laughs) I'll do what I do with all new TV. I'll just get super fucking baked. I'll probably laugh my ass off. (laughs) Thank you for being there. Thank you for loving me. It's so good. So good. It's Hashtag so, I am so Tina good. Belcher. Like there's uh, there, there's so many oh, yeah. like the, the awkwardness of that character and uh her obsession her obsession with zombie Brilliant. butts and or zombies and butts and zombie butts and all that stuff. It's it's great. But, it's fantastic. Like Mark in the in I think it's the first episode or second episode. She has a dream about a threesome with zombies. That's disturbing, actually. <laughs> but like, it's not actually a threesome. It's just because she's like twelve. She just imagines like touching butts <laughs> with them. It's 
so to be fair, good. I'm 36 and I still dream about touching butts. So I mean, I don't mm. know what to tell you. <laughs> but it, it's so good. I feel like you'd like it because it's like it's feel good comedy. Oh, I don't like that. You, only, you know me. No, well you enough. will though. You will. You'll like this one. <laughs> That's been my feeling for it, yeah, and why I've been hesitant hard. to it is that it seems pretty safe. In yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Although it does seem a little... It's won a yeah. ton of Emmys, well, though. that doesn't mean much to me. Plenty of it shit that means won Emmys that I have no interest in watching yeah. ever. Holy shit, there's seven yeah. seasons? Yeah. There's also some archive oh. shock on it. Yeah. The brilliance of Bob's Burgers is that it is, it's like, it's got the feel-good comedy framework, but all of the characters are so off and weird. Like, especially Tina and uh, Louise, who's played by Kristen Schaal, who's amazing in every Who's episode. amazing. Oh, Kristen yeah. Schaal's fucking yeah. hysterical. She was so good on The Daily Show back in the day. You'll love her in this. Yeah. You smell like old person <laughs> in pee. Or... Yeah, that's fucking funny. Yeah. That was her big bit on the uh, on the old Daily Show was just ragging on John for being old all the time. It's just like, oh, fuck millennials. But did you guys know that Joel McHale has a new show on Netflix? Yeah. It does. It is, is, is. I saw him promoting it on Colbert this week last week is it just the soup it's basically him taking aim at reality shows but not just western reality shows like reality shows Uh from all over the world so he like focuses in part on like the really crazy shit that you know southeast asia puts on tv and that kind of thing yeah yeah okay i i miss the soup i used to love the fucking soup so that was i'll take more joel McHale anywhere any place especially he might take his shirt off, which would be exciting. Wait, did I say that out loud? God damn it. Anyway, no, I still love stuff. So. No. What's that? It's like you didn't mean for us to hear that. <laughs> you guys please. knew. Come on, like you didn't know already. There you go. No. But yes, so watch Bob's Burgers because it's it's worth it. It's so good. I will do that. Yeah. I think you'll love Louise. She's like a sociopath. She's crazy. That's- yeah, that's Kristen awesome. Schaal's character. Kristen yeah. Schaal's character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good. But yeah, okay. Well, I guess, guys, it's time for the meat the of meat. the episode. Meat. Musical meat. I'm so glad I bought Star Fox 64 for my <laughs> PDS for tonight. So I'm gonna. <laughs> So, guys, I don't know if you know this, but Mark loves musicals. Yeah, so yeah. he's probably going to be the one who won't shut up this episode. <laughs> Am I right, Mark? Huh? Yep, that's it. Huh? Not going to shut up this whole time. Going to be just giving it in there, just throwing it in. Yeah, just going to be telling you about all the musicals I've been to see and all yeah, that. Like, Christy, stuff, are you so. doing this the the Stewie Family Guy bit? Like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to chime in. You're oh, chiming no. a lot. You're going you're gonna <laughs> to give us a lot of good answers about why you love musicals so much. <laughs> but yes so this is all about musicals we've been talking about doing this for a while sorry if you if we won't be offended or at least i won't be offended if you're like one of the dudes who usually listens and is like oh fuck this and turns this (laughs) off right now but you'll be missing out on some hardcore nerding out about good old musical theater everybody's favorite type now, there was a question I meant to ask you guys. I, I sent along a bunch of questions just about general stuff that we enjoy. But I meant to ask, have you guys been in... Obviously, Tim, you've been in musical theater. Tim, um, Paul, have you been in any shows? Um, I have no vocal talent whatsoever. <laughs> so the answer is no. Have I, <laughs> have I dreamed of being in 
Broadway musicals or things like that? Absolutely. Like, I'm that kind of gay guy. But yeah, I just don't have any kind of uh, singing talent. And that I think that held me back. And especially being a super awkward teenager, being more interested in like books and video games, I didn't really get into the musical theater. Like the drama kids in my high school were just anathema to me. I could not <laughs> deal with them. So it was just... I, I I stayed away from musical theater and I had a really big falling out with musicals until later, like when I became an adult and started being like, hey, I can like what I like kind of shit again. Yeah. So that was that's fair. Yeah. Yes, I have definitely been in musicals. I haven't in a long time, but in high school I did a couple. I was in what did I do in high school? Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I played one of Joseph's brothers. I played Naphthali. Uh, and then nice. I had like some other, you know, bit parts and stuff like that too. I was I played a pirate in Peter Pan. And then in my last year, my like grade thirteen or OAC, which doesn't exist anymore, uh, I play or I was the pit director for Godspell. Mm. Uh, and it was my high school like rock band that did the music for it, or at least like me, my guitarist and uh, drummer. And then we like brought in some other people that from like the faculty because we needed a pianist and another guitarist and stuff. Yeah. And then in university with McMaster Musical Theater, I did Tommy and Jesus Christ nice. Superstar. And yeah, and Tommy, I had like a bunch of roles. I was the priest and the one of the like punk kids that got to sing Pinball Wizard. And then in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, I was one of the three high priests. Nice. Yeah. And I should say, like, in my high school in particular, like, they did music, uh, musicals, like, you know, it wasn't your, like, usual, like, high school musical production kind of thing. Like, we would actually get the, like, big, beautiful, like, theater in town and sell it out, uh, like, for, like, three or four nights kind of thing. Like, we had thousands of people that would come to see these shows. You know, it wasn't like, you know, the caf school cafeteria and, like, 30 people in the audience kind of thing. Like they did big fucking productions. Um, cause we had our English teacher who is our like director, just, I don't know, just was able to get like, do these really large scale productions or at least large scale for high school production. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. They were big, like big fucking set pieces, like, you know, pretty relatively high production quality. Like, yeah, it was, it was an experience. It was a big thing in our like medium sized town for maybe, eight or nine years or something like that that's mm -hmm. awesome cool i've uh i've dabbled in musicals um, no <laughs> in that i've been in a lot of them i've been really lucky though i've gotten all the way from like when i was nine i was in my first like kind of compilation musical for like a, a theater camp and then it's up until like last year when i was in a production of sister act and i think the coolest thing that almost happened was getting a callback for a professional production of Avenue Q. But also the saddest moment was having to turn that down because I have a full-time big girl job. Because it didn't pay anything, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, I've, I've been really lucky. I've had roles in, I played Jeannie in Hair a few years ago. I was in a production of Little Women where I played Beth. I was in Godspell three times. I've, and I sang Day by Day and a couple of other songs. And well, that was the so song my sister sang in uh, in our production. Yeah, actually, I I had a really lovely um, moment when I realized that the first production I was ever in, I sang Gilmer 
hers part the the uh, what was it it's the i can see a swath of sinner sitting yonder and they're acting like a pack of mm-hmm. fools and that was the same part that my mom played um when she was Aww. in high school so we have a picture where hey. we're doing the same thing on stage which is really cute but oh, what other shows have i been in i was in I was in Into the Woods as the baker's wife before I got kicked out. And that's a long story for another time. But uh, I still count it. Uh, <laughs> I was in a production of Company where I played Marta. And uh, I'm trying to think. Footloose. Rent. I was in a production of Rent. Do you prefer musical productions to like dramatic productions or like comedic productions? Do you have a um, preference? It depends on the musical. It depends on the show. I mean, I, I really like getting into a really meaty, dramatic role if I can. But mm-hmm. musical theater is just so, like, fun and light. Yeah. And, like, getting to actually belt something and feel amazing is, like, the best. There's not quite Agreed. anything like hitting that, like, kick-ass note, whether it's in your shower or on stage, and you're just like, yes! I yeah. am godlike! <laughs> <laughs> My favorite role that I've ever played, though, and I'll get to it later in the podcast, was Kate Monster and Lucy the Slut in Avenue Q. Nice. Yeah, absolute favorite. Wish I could do it every day kind of thing. <laughs> but anyway, um, so all three of us... Uh, Mark, have you ever been in a musical? <laughs> <laughs> I've done, like, uh, some tech work for a couple musicals, but nothing like... I've never, obviously, performed in a musical, so no. What musicals have you done tech for? This is more involvement I ever would have thought that you would have had with musical theater. I know! Well, I did, I did set work for one because I was in the visual art department, so I kind of got drafted onto... <laughs> what the fuck did they do? I don't even remember what it was. Tommy, maybe? Okay. And then I know they did Jesus Christ Superstar one year, and I helped design something. I think I did posters and like made sure their sound rig was working properly or something at one point. So, I don't know. Nothing much. Well, I'm still impressed <laughs> you actually did something... In the same room as people singing and dancing. Uh, I do, like, I have played in bands and stuff, guys. So, like, it's not like I (laughs) don't hang out with people who sing and dance. You just Uh, hate them so much. I just don't like musicals. No, that's (laughs) Well, anyway, I I am impressed. But, yeah, so I guess we'll uh, we'll just get right into it because we have a lot to talk about. So, the first thing I'll ask, and I'm sure there's a story with with each of these answers, is um, what was the musical that made you fall in love with musicals? Like, it could be your first experience with musical theater. It could be something that just, like, happened and clicked and you had no idea that you would, like, have the kind of reaction that you did. Like, what was it? Let's start with uh, Paul. Paul, why don't you give us your first? Um, Mine is The Wizard of Oz. I had a a VHS copy uh, when I was growing up that I pretty much wore out uh, when I was five, six, seven years old. Like, I, I watched that movie pretty much on a loop driving my mother crazy i'm sure but um Uh, not just your mother by the way (laughs) um and i love wizard of oz but fuck me i was watched it a lot wizard the wizard of oz is still a movie i go back to pretty regularly it's a comfort watch for me Uh, it is it is a miraculously good movie i still think it holds up to this day and um it definitely solidified me as a lover of musicals for my whole life even if i did have a falling out with them Mm. for a short period of time. You had a falling out of musicals? Well, it, during my teen years, like I was being still pretty flamboyant, but in the closet, like I felt like watching musicals mm. would be too much of a 
a, a target on my back. A towel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, knew, yeah. I, I obviously wasn't doing a great job passing it straight to begin with, but like, nope. I, I did. I didn't need the extra uh, focus, I guess. So I tried to distance myself from things that I thought were more effeminate. So that's when I really started playing a lot of video games. That definitely was like a boy hobby. And so, yeah. like, once I got to university, I came out, I was like, hey, I really like musicals. And, like, that's when I, I started watching The Wizard of Oz again. I'm like, shit, this movie is so damn good. I'm gonna, so I, I throw that on, like, maybe once every couple months, like, when I'm not doing anything on a weekend, just be like, hey, it's, it's Dorothy. It's whatever. It's, it's the <laughs> possibly, yeah, and like possibly it. one of the best villains in a movie ever in the wicked witch but like yeah that's that's my my go-to musical for like the the one that i point to as like the that made me fall in love with them so i learned recently that the woman that played the wicked witch got pretty badly burned by effects on that on that yeah filming which was weird yeah the to trap hear. door uh during the munchkin land scene didn't uh, it fell out faster than anticipated while the effect, the fire effect was happening, and she got second degree burns. Yeah, and it like blew up in her face. Yeah, uh, Margaret Hamilton, it, like when, it, during her career, still always went back to the Wicked Witch. Like she, she went on Mister Rogers as the Wicked Witch. Like it's she, she's oh, nice. she's fantastic. So yeah, the the uh, yeah, she really embodied that yeah. character. The production on yeah. the Wizard of Oz, except when she didn't have a body. Uh, no, oh, sorry. I thought that would <laughs> land better. I think you used all your jokes on your uh, on your, your theater the last couple of weeks there, Chris. You, you got to store your recharge your jokes there. You know what? Can you guys just lay off? Okay, been here for like ten minutes. So let's just all calm down. Let's just all calm down. Okay, this is about a happy, happy go lucky times. Musicals, musicals are happy go lucky times. So let's all just calm. Let's all calm down. So, Tim, why don't you tell us about the one that made you fall in love with musicals or whatever? I don't even need to know. Now that Paul mentions it, Wizard of Oz was probably one of the first musicals that I heard and also just like your Disney musicals kind of thing. But for me, what really like jumped into my head when I read this question was probably the not necessarily a single musical, but just Andrew Lloyd Webber in general, because my mom musicals. Yeah, my mom got me this. You know, we had our episode a couple weeks ago where we talked about like sort of inherited geekery. And uh, my mom is who really got me into musicals. She's uh, always been really involved in musical theater, like back into her like high school and high school and university days. Uh, Her involvement has generally been on the costume side. Um, She did costumes for like productions of I can't remember what it was, but like both dramatic and musical productions at McMaster in like the 70s. Uh, and this cool. is, these were in the days when like Martin Short and like Dave Thomas were there like in these performances. So one of her big claims to fame is that she can say that she's, you know, helped Martin Short with a quick change and seen him in his underpants kind of thing. <laughs> so when I was growing up, she had like a lot of those Andrew Lloyd Webber musical like albums around the house, CDs and tapes and stuff. So stuff like Cats and Family of the Opera and Les Miserables, like Miss Saigon and even like sort of weird offbeat stuff like starlight express that kind of thing so hearing those around the house and then eventually uh in grade school at one point we went on like a uh, school like a class trip to toronto to see phantom of the opera at the pantages 
I think is where it uh, ran like forever in Toronto. Yeah, that's uh, that, the funny story. Like I've seen I've seen two musicals like that. And one was a school trip like that. But it was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Mm-hmm. That was an experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then like, I, I don't know how I saw I did see Phantom, but I don't remember why or with whom. Yeah, I don't remember who was playing Phantom. I want to say it was Confiore, but I can't really remember. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was. Well, there were lots of people that played the Phantom in yeah, Toronto, like, right? Like he was one of them and one of the best known. Didn't but Paul, Paul Stanley, Stanley also yeah. played. Not Colm, not Confiore. You mean Colm Wilkinson. Wilkinson? Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, Cole Wilkinson. But yeah, and, and Paul Stanley from Kiss also played played the Phantom for I don't know maybe a year or something like that in Toronto as well. So, but yeah, so that's that's me. Andrew Lloyd Webber ultimately is the main reason I think that I end up into musicals. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right, Tim, were you done with your story? Yep. Okay, I'll just say mine. The first thing that made me fall in love with musicals was my parents. I remember like watching movies and being really like into it, but I didn't recognize like I wasn't able to click in that I could sing along with a movie. And then um, my parents took my whole family to go see Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat um, in Toronto with Donnie Osmond. With Donnie Osmond, nice. I think that's who I saw actually. Yeah, we saw his very very last performance oh, wow. because at the halfway point. He had a panic attack because he was he was bulimic at that point, was like having severe ang- stage anxiety, and he left halfway through the show. Oh, Jesus. It was the last time he ever played Joseph. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't even hear that story. So his understudy came on for the last half? Or did his replacement yeah. come in? No, it's his swing. So there's a, okay. a swing person is someone who comes in if someone gets sick halfway through. I've only ever seen it happen one other time, and that was when I was watching Once on Broadway with my dad and the lead girl got really ill halfway through the show and had to leave. So they had a, a different one come in. She went from blonde to brunette and we were all just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny too. Anyway. Well, I guess that kind of works. Cause like they kind of grow apart, right? So like maybe she, she became <laughs> a different person and that's why they grow apart later in, in the, in the second act. I would actually argue they grow closer, but in their growing closer, they push themselves apart because they know that they aren't right for each other. Getting deep. Okay. But anyway, okay. Um, so <laughs> I need Eric on so he can gush over once. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna gush about it soon. <laughs> but no, I and so it was really funny when Don when Donnie's replacement came on. My little brother, after about two minutes in, stands up and he's four <laughs> and just starts screaming over the side of the thing. That's not Joseph. <laughs> My parents were like mortified. They're like, Nick, shush, 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 shush. sit down, sit down. He's like, that's not Joseph. That's not Joseph. And he's like freaking out. And I just remember being really annoyed with him. And it was because I really wanted to hear the singing. <laughs> On the way out, my parents bought the Joseph tape. And so I had them play that damn tape on repeat <laughs> for months until they took us to see the next show. And I didn't realize there was more than one musical. So when I was seven, if only I lived on that earth, Uh, if (laughs) if there was only one and it was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor (laughs) Dreamcoat, that would be bad. Yeah, it would be bad. (laughs) But anyway, so uh, we went to go see Les Mis with um, Colm Wilkinson. And I just remember like I Joseph was really enjoyable, but I'd never felt an emotional reaction. So like 
deeply before watching Les Mis. Like, it, yeah. Les Mis helped yeah. me understand what emotions yes. were. Hey, Paul. <laughs> you remember that joke on Angel about Les Mis? No, I don't. Well, when... Are you ruining my beautiful when, uh, when Spike and Angel are, like, going over to save Fred in season five, and then he's like, oh, I could be, I could go, I could become human, blah, blah, blah. He's like, we could go take in a show while we're over there. He's like, oh, I've never seen Les Mis. He's like, <laughs> Spike's like, no, don't bother. <laughs> Halfway through, you'll be eating humans again. I was like, yeah. Amazing. <sighs> anyway, so <laughs> that was my first experience, like loving musicals. And since then, it's just been a part of who I am, like deep, deeply connected so to my personality. You were Andrew Lloyd uh, Webber too. Yes. <laughs> Though I, I look back now and it's actually, they aren't my like least favorite musicals, but I, I find that Andrew Lloyd Webber's stories were, are a bit lacking. He, he's yeah. very... The music surface level. Well, it's it's yes. very it's very mass appeal, right? Like that's why they were yes. so popular was because they you know had they were catchy songs and sort of stories that were somewhat universal. Like everybody knew most of the stories mm-hmm. going in, kind of thing. So he didn't really need to tell much of the story. He would just you know. So he was just basically like you know, they were they were for mass consumption to be sure. He definitely like brought a wider public yeah into the great. like what musicals yeah. were. Yeah, it is great. But now that it's such a cultural phenomenon, like mm-hmm. they haven't aged as well as some other musicals. Some have, some have. Only because of some have. Yeah, like Jesus Christ Superstar. Fans of the timeless. Opera is always going to be a spectacle. And Jesus Christ Superstar is timeless for sure. But like Les Cats Mis- and Starlight Express wonderful have musical. not aged. Yeah. No. <laughs> Cats was a risk. Cats is Cats fucked that up. That one. Cats. Cats. Yeah, launched a generation of furries before furries were a thing. Yeah. (laughs) What's your fursona? It's a different episode. Who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? But yeah, so I I feel like Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, was a phenomenal composer. He made absolutely stunning music. But when you put that into and you add like the dialogue and everything, I just found that his story is a bit lacking, but he's like extraordinarily talented like who am i i'm like his story is kind of like have you written a musical no i don't know what that's like so but anyway let's talk then that takes us into a good segue actually what is your favorite old school musicals we're talking old school quote unquote before 2000 because 2000 was really like just around like i'd say like the 90s to the 2000s they started Mm -hmm. shifting the sound of musical theater so it started to become more of what we hear today and they were making like bolder, well, not bolder. They were making definitely like different tonal changes to musicals. So, what uh, what was your favorite uh, musical before, let's say, nineteen ninety two thousand? Who? Uh, Paul. <laughs> Paul. 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 Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I went back and forth on this for a while because I was trying to decide between two of them: Cabaret and The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. And I have to give it to The Sound of Music overall. And to to be fair, like I have not really seen musicals in a theater. Like I I've seen one, no, two musicals in my life at like a live performance of them. So really, I'm a I'm a movie musical guy. So um, oh, start treating yourself. Well, I, living in <laughs> Korea, like I'm waiting. I have to wait for English language productions to come around. Actually, there's an English language production of Sister Act that's here that I'm interested in going to see. <laughs> it's not great, but 
<laughs> Go see I'll Chris take what I can out. get. Oh no, wait. Yeah. No, that was a year ago. It's it's yeah. So, it just doesn't have any of the music from the original. But anyway. Yeah. So I Wizard of Oz. I credit with um, being my introduction into musicals and stuff. But re- really solidified it is Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music. It's. It still holds up to me. Um, I just recently did a Christmas play when you're old, seven year old Korean kids, and we called it The Sound of Mark Twain Class, which is the name of my class. And we, uh, it was basically an excuse for me to do like a jukebox style musical of Do Re Mi, The Lonely <laughs> Goat Herd, and So Long Farewell. And it uh, was really adorable. Um, <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. High on a hill with a lonely goat herd, lady, 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 ho, ho. Yep. I was going to do my favorite things, but we I didn't have enough time and I wanted to, I really wanted to fit those other three songs into it. So we'll see how it goes next year. I might switch it out. But yeah, Sound of Music. It's the second half of it does drag a little bit, but I think the, the music is incredible. I love Rodgers and Hammerstein in general. And Julie Andrews mm-hmm. is just unimpeachably just like a... a force to be reckoned with on screen and she's i still love watching her all the time yeah she's phenomenal you know she's like yeah no i don't think i've ever actually seen the sound of music all the way through i've definitely i mean i'm obviously very familiar with the music because so much of it has just become part of popular culture at this point and I'm, I know I've seen bits and pieces of the movie, but I don't know that I've ever watched the whole thing. I think you should really treat yourself because it's got some amazing performances in it. It's it's pretty timely with the rise of fascism happening <laughs> yeah. right now. So, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so you, what you're, you're saying is you should on, fight Trump with music. I, I would. I would. A hundred percent. hundred percent would. <laughs> I'd rather just make him get on a fucking Stairmaster. He'll die in 10 minutes. Like <laughs> that too. Yeah. But it's still one of my favorites. And I think that even among all of the various other movie musicals that are considered classics, it's still the, the one of the go-tos that you say like, Hey, here's a musical. Watch it. It's great. Kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Mm, true. No, I would absolutely hundred percent like watch uh, fight donald trump with music <laughs> i thought it would work hell yeah fight him on all fronts but yeah okay well let's move on to uh let's move on tim tim what about you so it's weird like a lot of my sort of favorite musicals are more the kind of offbeat stuff like uh stuff like rocky horror or tommy or sweeney todd or hairspray that kind of stuff and I wouldn't necessarily, I don't feel like those are really like classics. Mm-hmm. So if I had to say like something that I truly feel like is a classic, and this is another one that I was exposed to very early because the high school that I ended up going to did it a couple of years before I went there and they did a production of Guys and Dolls. Okay. And I fucking love Guys and Dolls. Like part of it is like, I love that sort of era, like that sort of Rat Packy kind of crooner style music, right? And the movie of Guys and Dolls in particular was just outstanding. Like it had fucking Frank Sinatra playing and Marlon Brando. And yeah, just really classic music and visuals. And yeah, I don't know what else to say, but I mean, it's it's one of those ones where some of the songs have sort of taken on lives of their own, like stuff like Luck Be a Lady or... Jesus. Or like rocking the boat and stuff like that. But like Guys and Dolls itself is an amazing song. Luck Be Lady, I really love the So Sue Me, Sue Me, What Can I Do Me? I Love You. Or what else? I don't know. 
uh, or the the Adelaide songs like that Adelaide character is just so amazing and like her little like because they they do some like musical within a musical kind of stuff where like she does stage performances within the show that are really good like the take back your mink take back your pearls what made you think that I was one of those goyles <laughs> yeah so guys and dolls is the one that I would really consider like my favorite classic musical I am adding that to uh, the list of movie or musicals that I need to watch because I've never seen guys and dolls yeah it's phenomenal and I don't know who it was oh Frank Lesser I don't know who that is he's not you know and particularly notable playwright I guess at least not in terms of modern parlance like he's not you know rogers and hammerstein or something like that or sondheim but uh yeah still great have you ever seen the into the woods tv or movie version i've never gone they film the stage production no i've i've seen into the woods on stage it was actually one that uh, my high school did after i left uh like maybe one or two years after and i want to say that my sister was in it because uh, she was a couple years behind me. And Into the Woods is just one that I've never really gotten into. Like, I I like some Sondheim. Like, I fucking love Sweeney Todd. Oh, yeah. Sweeney Todd's amazing. Yeah, but the Into the Woods was never one that really grabbed me too much. It's very long. The first half is amazing. Yeah. The second half is yeah. I'm really glad for the evolution of YouTube and the fact that I've been able to... Musicals that haven't really had movie versions or just... Ne- couldn't really translate well to film. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to watch YouTube recordings of those productions and stuff. And Into the Woods was one of them that I watched mm-hmm. all the way through, and it was amazing. Also, watching Angela Lansbury playing Mrs. Lovett for Sweeney Todd. Fucking incredible. Oh. Yeah. Oh, really? Look it up. Well, I'm going to have to look she that one up. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, she's outstanding. Mm-hmm. So weird and wonderful. So Guys and Dolls needs wow. to be up there. But like Into the Woods was one of those where um, I saw the the kind of toned down Disney version with Anna Kendrick and Emily Blunt. Oh, yeah. No, go back and watch that original version, that like that one with Frank Sinatra oh, yeah, and uh, Marlon Brando. For Yeah, for Guys and Dolls. Yeah, but for the Into the Woods, like I saw the YouTube a youtube oh, yeah. recording of like the more racy one where the the, the wolf has the big oh, dick flopping right, right. around and it's just like it's. It's weird, uh, but it's better yeah, it's than the weird. Disney version, so I'll give it that. Yeah. It's true. It is true. No, I I agree though. I need to go watch Guys and Dolls. I actually haven't seen that. If I'm being completely honest, I haven't watched a ton of old musicals. Like I've seen a number of them like Camelot and what's the one? One singular sensation, every no. little step she Cabaret? takes. No, I've seen 42nd Street and um, it's the one where all the were the dancers. They're all dancers. Chorus line. Gypsy. Chorus line. line. Thank you. And like Gypsy. I've seen Gypsy and like. I've seen Kiss Me Kate. I saw Kiss Me Kate in New York. I saw Kiss Me Kate. On Broadway. Yeah. If, if I'm being honest, I'm, I've I, because I've grown up in like a, like seeing musicals. I mostly was around more the more modern stuff. But I'd say my favorite musical it used to be Les Mis because that was the first one that I saw and it had like that I have that tie to it of just being really engaged with it but I I found that it got so much attention I got kind of exhausted of it same thing happened with Wicked Mm. so it's actually I think Fiddler on the Roof okay another classic for sure yeah it's an absolute classic and it tells just an incredibly moving story the music is wonderful. And I think really, I saw Harvey Feinstein perform it. Oh, nice. Perform it. Yeah. And he was just unbelievable. And 
Sorry, Mark's watching Big Mouth in the back, and it's the scene where there, she's talking to her vagina, and it's like an animated face on a vagina. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm very distracted. Um, but uh, it's hard not to be distracted by a vagina. Speak for yourself. Anyway, so Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> uh, anyway, so from vaginas to Jews being ousted. Um <laughs> But no, I just found that the music and it was really beautiful and the story, it it's plays with your emotional heartstrings so intensely because it's about this coming of age and like finding love. But then there's that shift where like the whole time, the, the whole beginning of the thing, you're seeing this like slight oddness and that this town, this small village that they've had these traditions in and built around and is experiencing some strangeness from like the the usual protection that they have and then to watch it shift so drastically and suddenly to the like evacuation of their town and knowing that these people are probably about to be sent to concentration camps mm-hmm. it's so like heartbreaking and beautifully done like it, i think it was the first time i realized musicals could tell real stories and like reach a really wide audience go a little deeper kind of thing yeah because it's true, movies that approach the same topic, I feel like they almost have to work harder to get across that emotional impact. Because with musicals, music is so tied to emotion already. Like Sunrise and Sunset when they're going through the wedding is just outstanding. And then the way that like traditions kind of like quietly and differently plays in the background as they're packing up all their belongings and walking away. And you realize that they're never going to see their whole family again. And the daughters have gone off and they're probably all going to be in camps. Like mm-hmm. it's so impactful. Yeah. So I feel like that's for me, Fiddler has just always been a, a favorite. And it's another one where a lot of those songs have sort of become just part of popular culture, like stuff like if I were a rich man or matchmaker. Yeah. Matchmaker. Tradition. Um, yeah. Tradition. And yeah. Gwen Stefani oh. has uh, sampled both the sound of music and uh, Fiddler on the roof for like major top 10 pop hits. So she did wind it up for sound of music yes, and it, she had. Uh, rich girl oh, yeah. featuring yeah. Eve just as an FYI. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Well let's move on to the next one. Cause we're, we only got about 20, 25 minutes left. So what's your favorite modern musical? Mm-hmm. And you could have a couple if you couldn't choose. I, I could choose pretty easily. Uh, for me, it was Hedwig and the angry inch. Oh uh, yes. I'm glad we're going to get to talk about that. Love that Solid show. Musical. Yeah. Um, this is one of my favorites just because it's so subversive. Yeah. Hedwig's like music nerdery like speaks to me so much while also telling various depraved stories and like just the the utter desperation and fucking punk rock spirit of the whole thing. I love every second of this musical. It's actually one of uh. the two that I've seen live. I saw one man, one woman one man woman show of it because I don't think Hedwig is considered strictly transgender in the overall scheme of the storyline. But anyway, fantastic music. I love that all the music is kind of basically just individual rock performances. Yeah. And the, the movie version of it is one of the mo- those movies that <laughs> it's basically my, the diametric opposite of wizard of Oz, but I watch it almost as much. So yeah. Yeah. I only watched the movie once and it was a really awkward situation. Cause I was with a whole bunch of my, it was actually the Godspell cast party. <laughs> So, a, so a bunch of Christian. 
but like repressed Christians who were all getting really aroused <laughs> by the movie. I wonder how many sexual awakenings happened in that room. Oh, uh, lots. <laughs> most were most anyway. of them yours. No, I was very awkward. I wanted to leave <laughs> just because it. It was like it was just weird. Everybody was like snuggling. Oh, that is not a romantic movie. No, <laughs> no. no. And I just remember that one scene where like Hedwig is kind of like humping. What's Tommy Nassis? What's his name? Yeah, but he has a name in the musical. I'm trying to remember what it is. Yeah. Anyway, so I just remember that and being like, oh. This is weird, <laughs> but the musical is outstanding. Like Origin of Love, yeah. what an incredible or, song! Yeah, or yeah, Origin of Love is amazing. Wicked Little Town is amazing. Yeah. Wig in a box. Wig in a box Wig in a is box. outstanding. Yeah, uh, my one of my favorite songs on on the soundtrack is Sugar Daddy. Oh, Sugar Daddy's amazing. And I want to point out that there was a cover album done for like various indie rock people doing covers of the Hedwig and the Angry Inch soundtrack. And Frank Black does a cover of Sugar Daddy. And it's really good. Oh, Just nice. highly. Yitzhak. That's what it was. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Where she like they're in bed together and it's like a, just a really awkward kind of like, oh, right. yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, it's, it's really that's not a, a movie that I would initially watch with a group of people. It's just, yeah. No, it's, there's a lot. No, no, no. I guess I guess Tommy Nasus must have been what they renamed Yitzhak in the movie version because I've only Yitzhak ever seen is a movie. different is though the transgender like the bearded black hair. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen yeah. the movie. So Tommy Nasus is played by yeah. Brad Pitt's little brother Michael Pitt in the movies. Yeah. Oh, huh. is that Brad Pitt's? I I knew it was Michael Pitt. I didn't realize until right now that that's yeah. Brad Pitt's little brother. Huh. So he, I loved him in uh, Boardwalk Empire. But yeah, no, that's a solid yeah. pick. Yeah, that that one that's a solid pick. one solid person pick. show that I saw in Toronto uh, was amazing, and it made me want to see more musicals. Uh, even though it was such a small production, it knocked the wind out of me. It was so good. So yeah, I I really would have liked to have seen Neil Patrick Harris yeah. playing Hedvig. That was, uh, I I heard really good things about that so performance, good. and it sounds yeah. like it would have been amazing. God, it would have been so good. And he's just like, it's because of his energy. There's a really a weird thing that is in Korea, Hedwig is actually really popular. And a lot of there's a lot of young Korean singers who take on that role and had been for a couple of years now. Like it it ran for a really long time here in Korea because usually the musicals kind of like just cycle through quickly. But Hedwig has maintained a presence here in Korea where uh, wherein of all the musicals that would have songs on their very ubiquitous karaoke machines hit wig in a box and wicked little mm. town are both on these karaoke machines that are everywhere throughout the city it's so weird <laughs> i don't understand wow. like for such a conservative That's country awesome. like it still resonated with a lot of people's which i think is amazing so yeah hedwig great love it i need to watch it again but yeah, okay, uh, Tim, take us uh, through what's your favorite um, modern musical? So this is weird for me. Like, I haven't really been too much into musicals in the last, like, I'm going to say 10 years or so, maybe even longer than that, in large part because I just, Alicia's not really into them, and musicals are an expensive hobby to keep up if you actually want to go, like, see them yes, in theaters, right? So I I haven't seen much in the last, like, 10 years, or 10 or maybe even 15 years. 
And I'm also not really a big fan. Like I, I generally really prefer like period musicals. I'm not a big fan of ones that are like set in present day. So I know everybody's all fucking up like Dear Evan Hansen's ass right now. I have no interest whatsoever in ever seeing Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, what? No, no. I never, I've never seen Rent. Uh, my first like serious girlfriend was just fucking obsessed with Rent. I'm like, no, I just. Like my 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 impression of rent is basically the uh, Team America World Police take on it, which is that everybody's got AIDS, 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 AIDS. To be honest, yeah. And I've heard the whole soundtrack because she used to play it constantly, and I was just like, this is not a show I ever have any fucking interest in seeing. That being said, if I had to pick a sort of more modern musical, I did have a chance to see avenue q in new york and i love avenue q like, it's phenomenal uh, yeah it's such it's so well done the humor in it is just fucking on point it's edgy it's fucking out there it pushes a lot of boundaries and yes and i love puppets so yes avenue q i fucking love yep yeah that's also mine is avenue q. like i can't <laughs> Yeah, I can't, I can't, you can't go wrong with the musical that has, you know, the internet is for porn. And everyone's a little bit Everyone's a Those are the only two stuff. songs of everyone's the musical that I've heard, but I enjoy them and I think they're hilarious and I would love to see you. Uh, th- that's one of those things where I, I tried watching it on YouTube and it's like th- something's being lost in the, fun. yeah. Like, so I definitely yeah. want to see a live production of it. Maybe when I come back to North America, that's going to be up there on my list of things to do. Because I really want to see it. Yeah, it is so, so good. You have to see it. Paul, you love it so much. I won't lie, being in it was mm-hmm. the dream because it is just an outrageously fun musical. Like, yeah. And it hits so many like tropes on the head in a just a wonderful way. I'm definitely going to go see it if I can. It's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Tim? Or is that no? I'll okay. let you. I'll let you gush more about uh, about Avenue. Well, Q. no, I'll, Avenue Q. Though it is, I actually Avenue Q will answer a question for me later on. Okay, I'd say I have trouble because musicals are my hobby, and I've taken in so many that it's actually really hard to choose. Like I love Book of Mormon, but it's not my favorite musical. But it is probably my favorite comedy musical kind of thing. And like, there's just. Uh, I don't know. The, the ones that I'm struggling with are I I loved the modern rendition of Company that came out and I think it was 2007 or 2009. It was one of those years. And it was with um, Raul Esparza and the whole cast all played instruments as part of their characters, kind of like Sweeney Todd, but it was just this, mm-hmm. the soundtrack was stunning. Like it was just magical. And it was it was such just such a powerful musical and done all in a on a stage that was just a square so there was like next to no set it, the set was the instruments and it was just it was intimate and it was wonderful once is up there for sure again another musical where they all played their own musical instruments um yeah and was just like I saw it on Broadway with my dad and Mark and I went to go see it in Toronto. And it's just, it's a magical musical. The, it's And the fact that it's based on a true story and it, it's just, uh, it's it moves me. And then really in the last like year, I've fallen in love with Hamilton and Come From Away. 
And they've become two of my favorite modern musicals because Hamilton broke just like a bajillion boundaries of what musical theater had set itself out to be. And it's catchy as hell and interesting and awesome and like political. And I love that. And Come From Away is not only is it Canadian and tells a story about Canada and how like we can overcome, you know, borders and really like in the face of trauma, people do come together to love each other. The music is phenomenal. It's so beautiful. And it was made in friggin' Sheridan, which is two cities away from me. Like, I, it's just, ugh, there's, I, just, I love a lot. I, 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 it's hard to pick. It makes me stressed out. It stresses me out. It's like if they asked you to pick a favorite cop. And you asked the I know, questions. I know. But I, it's because I want to know your <laughs> answers more than I need to know mine. But anyway, let's Fair skip enough. to the next song. Is there a particular song that moves you or that you gravitate towards singing all the time in the shower? Wig in a box. Wig in a box. <laughs> wig in a box. Yeah, it's just that. It's my wig in a box. <laughs> it's just that opening. It's so, like, it's so specific to a particular particular life and it, it builds out such a great story while still being such a great sing-along like full-on torch song at the beginning and then rocking out at the end uh i love mm-hmm. i love every second of wig in the box uh, from beginning to end it's a great sing-along yeah <laughs> it even includes like the in the movie the sing-along with the the lyrics at the bottom and uh, yeah, yeah the dancing ball oh, yeah. i, I love i love that scene put on my track I'm getting my wig down yeah, on it's, the uh, Yeah, I, I when I found that in Korean karaoke rooms, I now it's now my one of my go tos. Even though I butcher it every time, <laughs> who cares? It doesn't matter. It, it makes me feel good to sing. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> nice. that's so funny. But yeah, okay. How about you, Tim? I don't listen to a lot of musicals in like my daily rotation. I do have some stuff like in my iTunes, but if I had to pick something that I come back to that I really love just sort of belting out and singing. It's uh, listening to you from Tommy, sort of the that end finale, the like, right behind you, I see the glory on you. I get the story. And it's part partially because I was in the musical and just had the chance to like fucking belt that shit out on stage because that's like the you know big chorus number at the end of it. But yeah, I love I love that song. I love it's one that does tend to get stuck in my head and I just sort of play it over and over in my head kind of thing. That's rad. Mine is The Wizard and I from uh, Wicked. I just, yeah. The Wizard and I. Yeah. It's not the most popular song. I've never seen Wicked. Oh, it's it's good. I'm seeing it probably for the fourth time. Personally, two was enough for me. Saw it when I was 16. Uh, My dad sent me with my friend Lainey and then I saw it when I was 20 with my whole family and my dad had never seen it before and he freaked out he was bawling in the theater at half to- at the halftime at um intermission he was just like i can't i can't believe how good this is i can't believe how good this is it's so good i've never i just i never understood before but i get it i get it now i get musicals and i'm just like okay dad and it like was awakening it was an awakening for him so when we went to broadway he was like we gotta see wicked we gotta see wicked and I was like, okay, because I knew it would be my third time seeing it. Uh, but Lindsay Mendez was supposed to be Alphaba. And of course, she was not there that day, which sucked. <laughs> but he and I have, every time I've seen Wicked, I've had two Alphaba understudies and a Glinda understudy. Mm. I've never seen the actual, like, both stars. <laughs> the lead, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Wizard and I is just like one of those songs that it's right in my range and I just 
belt the shit out of it. And I feel so good. There's like three points when I can just be like, and I stand there with the wizard. And I just like get so into it. And just <laughs> the last note is like, and I, and it's sustained for like 20 seconds. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So. Wicked is uh, one of those musicals that I really want to see. And I've I've listened to the soundtrack a lot, but I also don't want to watch that on YouTube because I feel like it's very effects heavy and like seeing it in person would probably and there there was a korean cast production and i was like ah but i know all the songs in english and maybe like it just didn't feel like the complete experience for me so uh i'm gonna once i get a chance i'm gonna go see that for sure i really need to see wicked yep it's a must see in the canon of musicals Mm -hmm. like i feel like it's a it's a necessity if you're a musical lover you really do have to see wicked once because it was what turned broadway like and made it more modern Mm -hmm. it's it started a trend like i don't think we would have had next to normal or like book of mormon or anything like that without wicked but yeah okay so next question because we're running out of time here is there a character you always wished you could play yes so i am not a huge Andrew Lloyd Webber fan by any stretch of the imagination. I find his stuff kind of eh, but I still do love Jesus Christ Superstar a lot. And there's one song in particular mm-hmm. from that, uh, from the movie version, Could We Start Again, Please? And Could we start oh, again? It's Mary Magdalene yeah. and yeah. Peter, I believe, in that scene. And I would, Peter. I yeah. love yeah. Peter's parts in that, and I would love to be... I think you've made your yeah. point. Now. Man, I wish... Number one, I wish I could sing that, and I just love, I like, growing up Catholic, I know the mythology of Peter, and, like, you'll deny me three times, all that stuff, so I wish I could have played Peter in a production. Yeah, I just, I love that Mary Magdalene bit, too. Oh, yeah, so good. Uh, I'm living to see you. Yeah, it's so good, so good. Yeah, And that song actually wasn't included. Living to see you, but it shouldn't be like this. Mm -hmm. That song was added later to the the musical if i'm not mistaken so like it wasn't initially part of the stage production it was more towards the movie time so but it's one of my favorite songs in that whole musical so yeah oh and that musical is just phenomenal already like populated with some pretty like amazing songs yeah it's the yeah the only andrew lloyd weber that holds up for me so <laughs> but yeah okay um what about you tim so for me in my history in musicals just because of like my body and my personality type uh i always end up getting cast in like comedic roles but i would love to have like a like serious dramatic role at some point i don't know if i would like nail it or whatever but a couple of my fa- like one of my my sort of dream roles would also be in uh jesus christ superstar I, it would be amazing to be able to play Judas Iscariot. That's just such a fucking outstanding role. Yeah. Uh, it is. And he's got so many amazing songs and amazing lines and stuff. And Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the, the title track belongs to Judas, basically. And it's such, oh, that song is so amazing still. Yeah. But Heaven on My Mind is just, oh, God, that just, like, gets me every fucking time. The what line? Heaven on My Mind. Oh, God. That whole song. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. I see you clear now. Yeah. You're starting to believe. You start to believe the things I said are true. You yeah. really do believe the dark of God is true. We're doing a nightmare for Mark later. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Make sure, make sure you get all that in sync there, Mark. This whole episode is a nightmare for me. So. 
You don't have to do it but, like three uh, times. <laughs> that and I, I would love to just play the eponymous role in Tommy as well. Mm-hmm. That would be so much fun to do. Like the adult Tommy, obviously. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think for me, I also often get cast as the supporting role because of my body type and being tiny and actually, you know, having some comedic chops. So I don't often get to play really fun parts. Wait, wait, wait. Where, where are these comedic chops? Uh... How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hiding under my Sorry, couple flaps. Um, well, keep me from getting lady lady rolls. So, um, <laughs> but if I could, honestly, I actually think it would be really special to play Alphaba in Wicked. Mm-hmm. Though I know that, like, I've been told by a number of people that ever came to Hamilton, they're like, oh, you'd be such a great Glinda. And I'm like, that's still very flattering. But it would be cool to be Alphaba. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I'd love to be, I used to want to be Eponine in Les Mis, but now I'd love to be Fontaine. Mm. Like, what a. Is that an age hmm? shift thing? Is that something like as you've grown older, you relate more with Fontaine? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I think she has the better part. Or is it as you've gotten to adulthood and you have to whore yourself <laughs> yeah. out for money? No, Mark's going to be doing that for his yeah. freelance too. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. Oh. <laughs> She's not wrong, so but whatever. No, I think for Fontaine, it's just that she actually has a much deeper role. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind playing supporting characters at all. Like, there's this other role I would love to play in the musical Next to Normal. And it's the mother character that is just devastating because she's the one suffering from mental illness. But really, though, I'd love to also, I would love to play Mrs. Lovett. Yeah. In, uh, in I can see that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I, I can see Dude. you cooking people into pies. Don't make fun of me anymore. Tim. Is it really Tim, sir? It's too Tim. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so those are those are some major ones. Because I actually, I played my dream role, which not a lot of people get to say. I got to play Kate Monster. And if I could, I would play yeah. her every day for the rest of my life. Well, maybe not. I think I'd get bored. But like, being able to... Like, being able to be a puppeteer and sing and like act it was just oh it was the best of all worlds all worlds i tell you so yeah okay well then if you could put on any production no budget constraints what would you put on i would put on a musical production of the hobbit but the way i would do it (laughs) is keep it Totally episodic, scene by scene, play up the fucking folk whimsy fantasy of it. Definitely keep, maybe throw in some Tom Bombadil. <laughs> well, oh my God, can you imagine? That would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> but I th- I feel like, I remember that there was a Lord of the Rings musical and they made it so dour and serious. I saw it. Uh, it wasn't great. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> um, one of the things that I love about The Hobbit that the Peter Jackson film obviously failed to capture was the, you know, the fun, whimsical aspect of it the fact that it was more geared towards a younger audience it feels like and i would love there to be more like folk style musicals that aren't like just dude and his guitar like modern folk but like 60s fantasy folk from like the flower child era because i'm thinking like the hobbit should not be played by, but have the voice of Tom Hulse who played Quasimodo in the Hunchback of Notre Dame Disney version. Like that kind of mm-hmm. really, really yes. Oh Basically, my God, you want to win and do some to mount a production of The Hobbit. Correct. Yes. Give me that. <laughs> Give me that. I want all of that. Well, um, thank you, Tim. You've just Tom ruined Hulse. this episode. I am so sad. 
Yeah. Sorry, I'm still hung up on Tom yeah. Hall's Quasimodo. Tom, <laughs> Tom Hall's voice, I can't believe he wasn't used for more. He has an absolutely outstanding voice. Yeah, um, one of my favorite YouTubers, she uh, she did a, a video on Hunchback, and she called him a human flower crown. And I was like, oh my god, so apt. It's such a, a perfect... His voice is so beautiful. Um, and Heaven's Light Hellfire on Hunchback is... Uh. So good. So good. So uh, that's that's my idea for a musical, like full on episodic chapter by chapter folk fantasy Hobbit, and like just get as many flutes as you can on that soundtrack. Just go for it. Oh yeah, can you? Tom Bombadil would be like this Irish jiggy sounding thing. Yeah, just yeah, totally Celtic folk. Go for it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, what about you, Tim? This one I gave a lot of thought to and ultimately landed on one that hasn't had a stage production yet because it's only been a movie musical so far, probably because it would be damn near impossible to mount. But in this theoretical world where I have unlimited budget, I mount a production of Moulin Rouge. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But maybe, like, make it less nutso. No, it needs to be nutso. That's the whole fucking beauty of it is that it's, like, just basically a fucking absinthe fueled fever dream yeah like mm, Baz Luhrmann just true. fucking crazy cuckoo bananas you know extravaganza you know laid over this really depressing woman dying of tuberculosis but apparently it mm-hmm. is actually getting a stage adaptation um, that's coming out this summer in Boston and that expected to probably go to uh, Broadway after that but yeah I, I love Moulin Rouge like yeah. that sort of marriage of modern music with you know turn of the century visuals and stuff like that and that I mean yes it romanticizes something that probably shouldn't necessarily be romanticized but you know that like turn of the century uh, French or Parisian brothel kind of idea and I don't know it's just, I really love it. And we have Nazis again. So, I mean, like, everything comes <laughs> Every, back. Yeah, everything old is new again. Yeah. The over-the-top stylism of Moulin Rouge in general is just amazing to watch. And if they could integrate that level of spectacle into real life, it would be like an amusement park ride. It would be so yeah, much fun. Absolutely. And just the level to which they went to sort of work the songs in or i guess just the songs that they chose fit that story so very 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 well you know that they almost feel like they were made for that rather than you know whatever they were originally written for kind of thing yeah um, mm. i listen to the tango roxanne more than i listen to roxanne yeah. by the pool oh, oh, yeah. that, that, oh same yeah. roxanne yeah and that version of nature boy is just fucking haunting yeah. and i mean uh like i listen to that version of your song more than i listen to elton john's version mm-hmm. so yeah yeah definitely yeah i love did you see the Canadian figure skating team that won with a montage of Moulin Rouge songs? Oh no, I've I've rarely watched any Olympics. So I don't I don't have cable. They I watch it on YouTube. They got the gold with it. Yeah, because this is the first year that they're able to use songs that have lyrics. I guess usually they have to use just completely instrumental songs in figure skating. Is what I understand. Well, now they don't have to, and it's great. <laughs> so, yep, I would mount a cuckoo bananas giant crazy production of Moulin Rouge. Cool. I could see you directing that. <laughs> I could see you being in that. I think I would probably want to be, uh, oh, what's his name? John Leguizamo's uh, character? Yeah. Uh, uh, Lotrec. Toulouse Lotrec. Yep. Well, I was thinking about it, and as much as I would love to do a Harry Potter musical, it's been done. You know what I would do as a musical? I would do The Princess Bride. Ooh. 
Oh, I like it. How cool would that be as a musical? And not like a funny musical, as like a serious musical with all like, it would be fun, but I could see the music actually being legitimately good. Yeah. Mandy Patinkin obviously would have to come back and play Inigo Montoya. Yeah. As he is on Broadway all the time now. Yeah. Would you keep the framing device of like the Fred Savage getting read the story? Absolutely, (laughs) I would. I would like have him come on on a rolling in bed Mm, all the time. Or like have him hanging above the stage occasionally as like, you know, just like uh, almost like another, like totally separate from the world. And they would they would be the ones who open the open the Mm -hmm. show. It would be like you would see them at the front of the stage and then smoke would come up behind them as they were like opening the book. And then pages would like flip as like part of the backdrop and the characters would come out and do a do a dance. (laughs) And like we'd hear we'd hear from each of the characters um, in this like really beautiful opening montage of the story. I can picture that. That's and then, really <laughs> yeah. So apparently there has been a lot of discussion about potential Princess Bride stage musical. Disney was working on one years ago, but apparently it sort of died out in like 2014. Oh, I should write it and mount it. Yeah, go find Rob Reiner. He apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Rob, Rob, let's do this. <laughs> That made me think so much of um, the Beatles love Silk du Soleil uh, that I saw in Las Vegas, where the bed rises up and there's like all the circus performers performing underneath. And like, oh, that's how I picture it. And so just look, sounds really awesome. Oh, how have we not talked about Across the Universe yet, by the way? Because it's not good. Speaking of Beatles. Because it's not good. I fucking love Across the Universe. The soundtrack's good. The movie, uh, I've only seen the movie version of it, and I I really don't like it, so. I've only ever seen the movie version of it, too, but I love the movie. I sit in the middle. I enjoyed it. (laughs) But yeah, no, I think The Princess Bride would make an absolutely gorgeous musical. And then for our last question, what is your favorite all-time musical? (gasps) All-time favorite musical? Uh... I know. A hard question oh, indeed. Because like like you said, if you go by genre by genre or it's different every genre. Yeah. Yeah. Subgenre. Uh, I would have to say that my favorite musical overall is I've gotta give it to Hedwig. It's mm-hmm. it was it's the musical that reintroduced me to my love of musicals and it was so subversive and brilliant and still to this day resonates with me a lot. And I can listen to the soundtrack as its own album, basically like I I would with any other album while still enjoying it as a movie musical. It's, it's my favorite. It's the best. I love it. Hedwig. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, what about you, Tim? If I had to say the one that I've seen the most, it would be the Rocky Horror Picture Show. because I've seen so many of the participation versions of it, but I think all-time favorite, you know, sort of Desert Island, if I could only ever listen to or watch one musical for the rest of my life, it would probably be Jesus Christ Superstar. Just having been raised Catholic and having that story just ingrained into me, even though, you know, I'm not necessarily particularly religious anymore, the story itself is just really fucking powerful to me. And the music is outstanding. And it is, uh, as Paul alluded to, definitely the 
Andrew Lloyd Webber musical that has stood the test of time more than any other and probably is the one that goes sort of deepest like that one in particular it's not just like scratching the surface like it's going into sort of the real like hearts of the a lot of those characters like you get a lot of that like real sort of pain as Christ is you know sort of in the, like the Gethsemane scene where he's coming to the realization oh, of what's yeah. expected to him you get the fucking torment of Judas Iscariot you get the the sort of dilemma and the just struggling to be accepted of Mary Magdalene and just so many characters with so many great dimensions and the nice thing is because it's such a familiar story you don't really need to tell you can tell the story very loosely kind of thing you know you don't have to go into depth into the plot points because everybody fucking knows the plot points you're just going more into the action you know what's going on in people's heads as they're going through these iconic like archetypal scenes the stations of the cross yeah yeah yep yeah exactly it is a phenomenal show like so moving exactly and you can enjoy it as not being a Christian either. Yeah, I mean, just in just as like a bedtime story kind of thing, or like a story of somebody that is put into a place where he needs to make a sacrifice that he's, you know, maybe not necessarily ready to make at the start kind of thing. And yeah, I don't know. There is there's a lot of dimension to it. Yeah. Well, I think my favorite musical of all time is Avenue Q. And it's not the biggest musical. It's not the most emotionally heart-tugging. It's not it's not the best musical, but it is just so It's the most Christy musical. It is the most Christy musical. <laughs> I've been listening to that music since I was in grade 9 when I was it, I discovered it at a cast party for a production of The Merry Wives of Windsor. And the guy who was playing it was this older gay gentleman who took me aside and said, I need to play you something. It's a new musical called Avenue Q. And I was like, oh, okay. And he puts it on and he goes, one day you will play this part <laughs> and you will be good. And I was like, <laughs> like what a compliment. Yeah. So mostly you and like then, it because people um, are pandering to you. This story sounds weirdly <laughs> creepy though. Like, <laughs> No, it was true though. Like he, he was just being really kind. He was like supportive. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, he was, he was an older gay man. Like, he knew theater. Okay. Anyway, I uh, I just found that, like, it's uh, the fact that it's puppets and it's a mockery of Sesame Street and the Muppets and it's sexual and it's, like, gross, but it's also awesome and actually hits on some really great points about coming of age and what relationships mean and what it is to grow up. It's just, it's... It's my favorite, and I always go back to it, and I always adore it, and I will always adore it, and I'll never tire of it. But yeah, I guess I think we did it. We did it. We did our musical episode. We did the musical episode. (laughs) Who knew? High fives, high fives, high fives. I've definitely got more musicals that I could talk about. We could do another episode, much to Mark's chagrin. We will do another episode. (laughs) I think you should host the next one, though, Tim. Yeah. All right. So I've got shit to say about like Disney musicals and I don't want to music man and the producers in Greece. And Ugh. I can't watch the live action TV ones. I can't. I wanted to ta- tell you guys about my experience with the Korean <laughs> musicals because I've seen one and good God, it's so it's it's something else entirely. Oh, no. <laughs> the way that they set up their system is just ew. anyway. But yeah, definitely could uh, join you guys on another musical episode yeah. next time. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll we'll have lots to talk about for another episode. You're welcome, Mark. <laughs> yes. Mark with the pocket. Well, 
I think that about <laughs> rounds it up. And we are, uh, with Mark's handy-dandy editing, I'm sure we'll get back to around two hours. <laughs> but <laughs> this was a really fun time. So uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Or we'll hear you'll hear us next week. We won't hear you unless you comment on the Facebook page. But speaking of Facebook, why don't you go and find us online? You can find us on all kinds of social <laughs> media accounts. You can find us on Facebook, just a Dance Robot Dance podcast. You can find us on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. We have our Gmail account, which is just Dance Robot Dance podcast at gmail.com. We don't really talk about maybe you will send us an email one day you can give us a five star rating only five stars no other stars please only five stars on um, such platforms as itunes and you can listen to us on all kinds of podcast applications we're all over the place so find us if you uh if this is your first time listening thanks for tuning in usually we talk about all the wonderful geeky things that we love and adore or hate and we appreciate you listening so leave us a like and a comment Come on Facebook, talk to us. We're usually pretty quick to respond and we love engaging with uh with our audience. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We're gonna sign off. So this is Paul saying goodnight. Good night, everyone. This is Tim saying goodbye. So long, farewell. So good, so good. This is Mark, who hasn't really been active for the last hour, but we appreciate him, love him, and th- thank him for being here, even though he hates it. Have a good night, guys. So good, so good. And uh, I've been your host, Christy, and I will see, we will not see. Damn it, I keep doing that. I was going to have such a good send off. It's going to be so good. Anyway, so long, farewell, I'll be to saying goodbye. I took Tim's. Glee Club trophy. You guys remember we had to fill in for Glee Club? 